You can be seated. We're continuing the series, Teach Us to Pray. We're in week four. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. So in this series, the Holy Spirit has been doing some work on all of our hearts. Would you agree? All of us are being conformed to the image of Christ. And every day is a new day for renewal and cleansing as the Holy Spirit reveals to us what we need to do. Over time, things progress. And until the end of time, there will always be a new and improved version of or ways of doing things. How many of you know what the laundry detergent Tide is? It's a household name. I think we've all used it. We've all, or our mothers have used it. I hope you're using something. But anyway, uh, we, if we could take Tide laundry detergent, for instance, there are 37 liquid versions of Tide laundry detergent, not including the powder or the little packs. And each one of them has gone through several revised versions. You ever see the commercial, the new and improved, when we thought we already had the new and the improved? They're always improving. We can all agree that one of the greatest discoveries by mankind is the ability to transmit information through radioactive waves that can be translated into voice, video, and print form. So once upon a time, the printing press was the big innovation in communication until the telegraph was developed. And now it's the internet it is the largest virtual highway for obtaining information in social media and much more. As long as you have the website address, you can gain access to enormous, an enormous supply of information that is stored on the internet. Anybody know what Wikipedia is? Wikipedia? <laughs> Wikipedia is increasingly used by people in the academic community and from first year students of college or high school students or even grade school students, it's distinguished to even professors and as an easily accessible source for information about anything and everything. So as long as you have the right user ID and the correct password, you can gain access to the enormous supply of information that is stored on the internet. And all of us have used the internet. Would you agree? The right email address allows us to send and receive thousands of emails. And some of us have emails that we haven't even touched. We got a lot of junk mail. We got a lot of stuff stored up in there. And um, thousands, I, the last time I looked at one of mine, it was like, okay, girl, you better empty this thing. The right website address allows us to gain information on most merchants and businesses, schools, and etc. The, inter the internet allows us to download information and data just by touching and clicking our keypad or our keyboard. A world of information right at our fingertips. We have many search engines that disclose volumes of data, information, and websites that give countless countless data. Most of us have a file somewhere where we keep tons of IDs and passwords. I want to tell you about an ID and password that you want to hang on to today. 
In order to access information on the internet, you need access to a website through Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi requires a user ID and a password. Only the right password will work with the right user ID. That's why we keep track. And some of us get, have the same password for everything. I find that that's the easiest way to go. We gotta change it every now and then though. So last week, Pastor Lewis talked about the posture of repentance. And the week before, Danny talked about the posture of forgiveness. Today's topic is the posture of restitution. Say that with me. The posture of restitution, which is the importance of understanding the biblical principle of restitution. For those of you who don't know what restitution is, restitution is the act of returning what was wrongfully or what has wrongfully been taken or replacing what has been lost or damaged. Let's look at Isaiah, the 59th chapter in the first through the second verse. It says, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save or is his ear dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear you. There is important value in following the principle of restitution. Restitution is the password to unlocking answers to some unanswered prayers. It's one of the ways to open the windows of heaven. Every born again believer has been given access to all of God's promises, all of his great and precious promises, but the user ID is repentance. The, say that, the user ID is repentance. And the password is restitution. So let me unpack that. The user ID and password work hand in hand. Repentance and restitution. When I was about, I'm always talking about when I was about, so I'm gonna tell you, when I was about, <laughs> about 11 years old, I was living with my aunt and my uncle, and um, one day, she must have went to a party or some kind of function, but she came home with this jar of lasagna. I had never eaten lasagna before. She had never cooked it, but the way they stacked that lasagna in that jar, it was like something I had never seen before. And it was so enticing. And she, one of the things she said, don't anybody touch my lasagna. Well, I would open the refrigerator and try, open it up again, but one day, lo and behold, half the lasagna was gone. I ate half the lasagna. That lasagna was so good. It was so late and stacked. I ate it. And she came to me and she said, Mary, did you eat my lasagna? I said, no, not me. Well, I wasn't the only one in the house, so I could kind of get away with it. But I, I, I said, no, I didn't eat your lasagna. So lo and behold, here I am a couple of months ago. Now, my aunt is 87 years old now. And uh, the Holy Spirit, a couple of months ago, <laughs> I just happened to be with her. And I'm sitting there with her. 
And I heard the Holy Spirit say lasagna. I'm like, lasagna? So I said, I said, okay, Holy Spirit, because I've been listening to the word, you know, powerful. God is cleaning us up. God is working with us. He's opening up our heart. And I'm like, God, I want everything you got for me. And I've been believing God for some things. So I'm like, Lord, if this is going to hold up, hold it up, okay, we're going to talk lasagna today. So I said, Aunt Josephine, you remember when, we were, when I was living with you and um, you had some lasagna in the refrigerator? And she looked at me like, what? I said, you had a jar, a clear jar. It was, it was, it, it was awesome. So anyway, it was good too. <laughs> I said, Aunt Josephine, you asked me if I ate your lasagna, and I lied to you. I ate the lasagna. She looked at me like, what lasagna? She was clueless. She didn't even remember it. But it wasn't for her. It was for me. God was trying to get something to me through the principle that is set in the kingdom. So when he revealed what I needed to confess, what I needed to deal with, it was a little jar of lasagna that was years ago, but God wanted to get something to me. And let me tell you something, I was believing God for something. And don't you know the next day, the next day, God gave me an answer. So thank you, Jesus, whatever it takes. For me, it took lasagna. What is it gonna take for you? And it might be something else that the Holy Spirit reveals as we go along our way. Because some of these little things are little foxes that spoil the vine. And they lurk in our, in our, in our, in our DNA and uh, these things are holding things up. I believe that. So some passwords you have the ability to change. This password is forever settled in heaven. This principle of repentance and restitution is settled forever, settled in heaven, because it is established to unlock principles of the kingdom. And when God establishes his word, it is forever established. And so there's nothing we can do but submit and, 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 and just say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? The good thing about being a principle of the kingdom it's the Holy Spirit who reveals how and when it's needed, when you need to operate in restitution, operate in the posture of restitution. So I can't tell you and go to you and say, hey, hey, uh, Pastor Jose, you know what you did to so-and-so, and you need to go and make it right. I can't do that. The Holy Spirit is going to do that. So, and that's not our job, it's the Holy Spirit's job. Because he is the one that does the sanctifying. He is the one that'll lead and guide us into all truth. That's why we wanna be sensitive to his voice. Because while you think he's trying to take something from you, he's really trying to get something to you. So that brings us to point number one, which is true repentance requires restitution. Let's look at the story of Zacchaeus in Luke 19, 1 through 10. I'm going to read it. It says, he entered Jericho, which is Jesus, and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a, a chief tax collector and was rich. 
And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on the account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to him, he said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Hallelujah. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone into beat. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Well, hello. <laughs> and Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today, salvation, deliverance, wholeness, peace, has come and true prosperity has come to you. Zacchaeus was rich, but there was no greater rich richness that he could get except from what he got from Jesus on that day. And so to, Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house. And since he also is a son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. That's why Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house. He was sent to seek and save the lost. Isaiah 58, 4 through 9, it says, Our righteousness must, must be powerful and practical. What good is a righteousness that is only powerful but never shifted into practical use? How can we repent and receive forgiveness but not go make others whole? That we have hurt, people that we have robbed, people that we have mistreated. Isaiah makes it clear that even we can fast and pray all night and all day. If we work out our righteousness practically, he will hear us. In our prayers. Am I saying that you got to earn your way? Absolutely not. But what I am saying that when the Holy Spirit reveals something, you have to take care of it. Jesus puts it this way in Matthew 5, 23 to 24. He says, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, has a problem, has something that he uh, is offended about he says leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way first be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer your gift well that was an old testament practice and Zacchaeus knew it because he was a Jewish so once our soul is submitted to God and the heart is purified with God's truth God gives us grace which includes the desire and the power to do his will. Zacchaeus was changed on that day. So not only did Zacchaeus give back more than what was required of him, he gave half his goods to the poor. Romans 13, 8 through 10 says, Owe no man nothing 
but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Because Jesus did not come to do away with the law, he came to fulfill it. So I think that's why Zacchaeus, in the presence of Jesus, was willing to give more than what was required of him because he had a change of heart. Zacchaeus did not hold anything back. Holding back is a form of lying, which brings me to point two. Withholding restitution gives the devil legal access. Restitution is the act of returning what was wrongfully um, done to you or replacing what was wrongfully done to someone else and replacing what has been lost or damaged. Human restitution, according to the Old Testament law, required trespass offerings to be made for sins against a neighbor in the case of theft, deception, dishonesty, extortion, keeping lost property, or damaging property. They were to be atoned for by a guilt offering to God. And restitution was to be given to the wrong neighbor. Atonement and forgiveness of the sin were received after restitution. That's why Jesus said, leave and go. Make it right. So atonement and forgiveness of the sin were received after restitution had been made to the victim. The sin offering to God allows always followed the act of restitution. The act of making restitution to a victim was so closely identified with the atoning sacrifice made to God that the two expressions could be, this, could be seen as the same element and the same command. In other words, you can't have one without the other. The principle of restitution is clearly pictured in the story of Zacchaeus. Jesus absolutely validated the practice when he admonished the followers to be reconciled to a brother before offering a gift to God. Does anybody know the difference between a good liar and a bad liar? Not a quick trick question. Do you know the difference between a good liar and a bad liar? Well, let me tell you. So a good liar, this is my definition, is someone that is convinced that their lie is true and gets other people to believe their lie. You know anybody like that? Mm. A bad liar is when a person knows they're wrong and they're not okay with lying. Truthfully, a liar is a liar. So we like to dress this stuff up, say it was a white lie, it was just, you know, just these little things that happen in our lives and you know our kids are watching us and we're saying half truth and we're teaching them to say half truth. That's why when, um, like me, when I stole the lasagna out of the refrigerator, how many of our kids, if we ask them, uh, Johnny, are you asleep? And they'll say yes. <laughs> or... <laughs> They'll say yes, of course you know they're not. That's a lie. I'm not asleep. 
But those are little lies, and we learn to lie. We learn to lie from each other by the pattern that we see. So it's very important that we live an example in front of our children by speaking truth, living truth, and being truth, right? So we are told in Ephesians 4.27 not to give place to the devil. The word place refers to an area of jurisdiction. And warfare, opposing sides gain jurisdictional area whenever ground is surrendered. My question to you, have you surrendered any ground to the devil? The context of Ephesians 4 refers to three ways that ground or place in the soul can be given to the devil. One is immorality, two is greed, and three, another thing, is bitterness. Remember the scripture said you cannot regard iniquity in your heart and expect that God is going to hear you. It is important that we understand the spiritual battle in which we are involved and that we resist temptation to sin. And when we do sin, it is important for us to repent as soon as the Holy Spirit reveals it to us so that we can reclaim the ground that we have given Satan the legal right to occupy. So here we are praying, God, 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 God. And uh, the Holy Spirit is saying, sin, 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 sin. But he's not condemning us. He is convicting us so that we can walk in righteousness and close the door to the devil. Because all God wants is to get what he already gave us to us. So I can think about the children of Israel who wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because they were in disobedience, as um, Sister Victoria was talking about. But God is saying, just do what I say so that I can give you what is already yours. So here Jesus, 2,000 years ago, died for all that we need, but a lot of stuff is being held up because Satan has legal right. And we've given them legal right. So the steps involved in taking back ground is number one, we have to repent of our sins. And Pastor Lewis talked about living a life of repentance, which means you got to humble yourself and say, God, whatever it is, if I got to go uh, ask Aunt Josephine to forgive me for eating that lasagna, God, I'm going. Amen. The other day, my granddaughter, she was, uh, she picked up something and um, it, it would have, it was, I was concerned about her safety, so I snatched it from her. So she immediately cringed up, and she said, Mimi, you snatched that from me. I was like, I feel like I broke her heart and took it out of her chest, the way she said it. So I said, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. I was just trying to protect you. So forgive me. Little things. It's the little small things that our children watch. And so I could have very easily say, well, you shouldn't have done it. You shouldn't have picked it up because truthfully, I did tell her no, 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 a couple of times. But she picked it up and I had to snatch it because it was, um, her, it, her safety was involved. So we have to make a full confession to God. And we have to claim the blood of Jesus because the, it's only the blood of Jesus that cleanses us 
from our sin. God uses the blood of Jesus to set people from the effects of confessed sin. That's why it's important for us to confess. That's why 1 John 1, 9 is in the Bible. If you sin, you can confess your sins. And he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you. You see the process? And cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And then he will put you right back in the place where you were before you sinned. So it opens the door, the windows of heaven for God to be able to communicate. So are we going to sit around and say, okay, is this a sin? Is that a sin? Oh God, this, that, you know. No, no, we're not. We're going to be God conscious, righteousness conscious, and not sin conscious. So if we're righteousness conscious, we're always thinking about all the great things that we can do and not thinking about what I shouldn't do. Amen. But this is one thing about the devil and one thing about God. God will never give up on us, but neither will the devil. So the devil uses the blood to keep unconfessed sin covered. Unconfessed sin covered. He'll deceive us. He'll manipulate us. He'll, he'll lie to us. Then we lie to ourselves because we know that we got stuff in our lives that we need to get rid of. And the longer you keep it in, you become callous. And we never want our hearts to be callous to what we already know is sin, right? So the devil use it. And I can remember a person who um, was committing adultery and he kept saying, it's under the blood, it's under the blood. It ain't under the blood. I was like the blood of Jesus is against you <laughs> because uh, it wasn't that he stopped, it was that he was continuing to do it. And it was like, it was okay because Jesus, it was, I'm, I'm clear because the blood has set me free. No, that is erroneous, that is false. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And some of us are hanging on to these little things that are preventing us from growing up in God and uh, receiving everything that God has for us. But I want to say to you, the Holy Spirit is your friend. The Holy Spirit is your Lord. The Holy Spirit is your guide to lead and guide you into all truth. Truth, the Bible says, he who knows the truth will be set free. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Amen. And that's the goal is to be free and to be conformed to the image of Christ. Amen. So I like to say newsflash, unconfessed sin is not covered under the blood of Jesus, not for a Christian. Ask God to take back the ground that you surrendered. That's a part of repentance. Make confession to the appropriate people. In other words, just make it right as the Holy Spirit reveals it. Make it right. There are some people that you know you wrong, but I'm not here to tell you. Let the Holy Spirit, and I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to many of us. I'm telling you, I'm, I have enjoyed this series of repentance and forgiveness and uh, coming before the Lord with adoration. This series is amazing, and I would encourage anybody to go back and listen to every single tape and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. Because God, I said, and when I first got up here, he's setting us up for something great. Amen? He's setting us up for something powerful, something wonderful. God has something great in your future. But in order to get it, you got to go God's way. 
Remember, there's only one user ID and there's only one password. That is repentance and restitution. So let's make it right. Amen? Hallelujah. So we have to tear down strongholds, which are false ideas, stuff that we have um, made ourselves to believe that's true. And we know it's not right. In order to identify these strongholds in our thinking, it is important that we get the word of God in our heart. Because what the Holy Spirit is going to bring is the word of God. Like Jeremiah said, thy word have I found. And it was joy and rejoicing to my heart because it brought deliverance. It is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. It is a sword of the spirit that I can fight with. I can cut the devil down with every lie that he comes, that the enemy brings my way because now I'm building a fortress of truth. David said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. When my son was a little boy, he decided, we were in the store shopping, I'm going through the checkout. But when we get outside, he whips out uh, a little thing of yogurt. And I'm like, of all things to steal, you stole a, <laughs> a thing of yogurt? You, you have this at home, why did you feel like you had to steal it? And so when I saw it, I said, where did you get this? And he said, oh, I had it. Oh, no, you didn't. You just took this from the store and guess where we're going? We're going back to the store because restitution is needed. And that was a teaching moment for me. I didn't know what the man was gonna do, the owner was gonna do, but all I know is I needed to teach my son that you do not steal, stealing is wrong. And so how do we make it right? We're gonna go back and you're gonna give it and you're gonna say, I'm sorry. Saying I'm sorry is one of the greatest things that we can do to our spouse, to our children, to our loved ones. You know, that's why the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Why? Because you give place to the devil. All night long, the devil has access to your mind. All night long, he, has, he can uh, place stuff in your mind because you have given him access. So we gotta live that life of repentance. So we made the wrong right, People are waiting for wrongs to be made right. They've been stolen from, they've been deceived, people have been dishonest, there's been extortion, property has been stolen. Anybody ever have anything stolen from them? Let me see your hands. Anybody, probably everybody in this place. And that thing will take a piece out of you, you know? Um, have you ever been in a relationship and you thought you were the one and only and then all of a sudden there is more than the you and the only and you know you feel like something just you know you thought you were the one and only but when you found out you were not the one and only what'd you feel like you felt like somebody misused you took advantage of you and so but God is here to make it right in 2008, the US, the U.S. government agreed to pay a total of $492 million in restitution to 17 Native American tribes for mismanaging natural resources and other tribal assets, according to an attorney. The government mismanaged 
their tribal resources because they were supposed to manage them, but they misused them and they, um, they, they, they spent the money. So in, in other words, they saw restitution, but yet there are still hundreds and thousands of people who are waiting for restitution to come one day. That's why I wanna bring you to point number three, which is even though restitution may not come, restoration is possible even if you never receive restitution. So you ain't gotta sit around waiting for somebody to bring you what they took from you. No matter who it was, no matter what they did, 2,000 years ago, Jesus hung on the cross and he took our sin and he took our shame, he took our pain and he carried it so that we don't have to carry it because he knew that these things would happen because we're still here in the earth, amen? And so restoration is possible even if you never receive restitution. Some of you may be thinking to yourself, the entire time that I have been preaching about people who owe you money. <laughs> Somebody who owes you something, some form of restitution. And how are you going to get that? You've been thinking and wondering years. I'm so glad my aunt didn't sit around all those years mad at me because I ate her lasagna, right? But restoration is possible even if you, as a victim, never receive restitution. There are so many people walking around with the victim mentality because they feel like somebody owes them something. They're poor, they're broke, they're miserable, and they, they're, they're sitting around waiting and they think that people owe them and not just the people who wronged them but because the people wronged them somehow in their psyche everybody owes them something but we don't want to walk around with a victim mentality when someone takes something from you it does leave a hole 321 speaks of divine restoration. It describes the future work of God that will establish all things to their untouched order and purpose. And we're all waiting for that day, for divine restoration. And that will be the day that Jesus comes and he sets up his kingdom here on earth. And there will be no more crying. There will be no more dying. There will be no more people stealing from us. There will be no more people hurting from us hurting us. There will be no more people who falsely accuse us. We won't have to go through that anymore. And that's what we're looking forward to. We are, we are all waiting for that divine restoration. But I'm here to let you know that we're still here on this earth. And we know that Satan is the God of this world. And his job, his goal, his pursuit is to keep you from walking victoriously as a child of God. John 10, 10 says the thief comes only but to steal, to kill and destroy. 
But Jesus said, I have come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. The price was paid for restitution. I'm sorry, for restoration, even if restitution never comes. Jesus paid the price so you and I don't have to sit around. The people that Zacchaeus wronged, they were blessed to receive restitution. I want to say to you that me, I'll take restoration over restitution any day. Because with restoration, I could deal with the restitution. But if I'm sitting around waiting for restitution without restoration, I'm going to be miserable my whole life. But Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. Stand to your feet. Christ restored us through his death and his resurrection. Hallelujah. He restored us. And I don't know where you are today. I don't know your circumstance or situation as you have heard the word of God today. Maybe the Holy Spirit has revealed something to you. Maybe you are waiting. Or maybe you are the one that needs to go. I don't know. The fact is, true repentance requires restitution. And withholding restitution gives the devil legal access. Restoration is possible even if you never receive restitution. So I want to pray for those who maybe you're one of those that are, that, that are waiting and maybe the Holy Spirit has brought something to your heart um, or maybe you have brought something Maybe you're feeling, you're sitting, and you're fighting off feelings of victimization. I want to pray with you. So let us all bow our heads right now. Let us bow our heads. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is sharp, it's powerful than any double edged sword piercing to the dividing of soul and spirit god there are some of us here today that are tormented and they're we're stuck and because somebody has wronged us and we're 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 waiting for them to make it right god only you know the future and you know the timing that they met that when that may or may not happen so, Father, I ask that you would touch the hearts of those, God, who are struggling with that. And, Father, I thank you because you have made us victors and not victims. So you brought us to liberty. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have been made whole. And, Father, you give us victory. 
So above and beyond anything that the enemy may be bringing to our minds that would keep us from walking in complete restoration, which is wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing hurting, no shame, no pain of any offense that might have come our way. Father, we thank you today for bringing deliverance in our minds and in our souls. We ask you to to forgive us. We repent of anything that we might be holding on to. Today, God, we want to let it go if we're waiting on restitution. God, we want to walk in the liberty of restoration, the freedom of restoration. And if restitution comes, we will give you praise. We will give you thanks. But if it never comes, God, we're still going to give you praise. And we're still going to give you thanks. Because you have made us victors and not victims. So we relinquish the victim mentality and we cast it off of us. We cast down every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge and the word of God. And you said whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So thank you for that. Father, I pray for those who uh, God, uh, the Holy Spirit might be uh, showing them some things that they need to take care of. I ask God that you would just allow them to walk in the grace that gives them the strength and the power and the boldness to step out and do what you're leading them to do and not to look to the left or to the right, not to question it, but God, you said, my sheep know my voice. So God, open their ears so that they can hear you. Open their eyes so they can see you and open their hearts so they can receive you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's all just lift our hands for a second and just give God praise for the word of God. Come on, lift your hands and give him praise because the word of God always comes to lift us up and set us free, to help us to see what we need to see. Just open your mouth for one second and give him praise for what the word of God has given us today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for liberty. Thank you, Lord, for this whole series. We thank you, God. We cherish your word more than our necessarily bread. We cherish this word, God. Thank you, Father. And now I want to pray for those who may not know the Lord. And maybe you find yourself like Zacchaeus, who was sitting high in a tree, was way up in a tree. Maybe that's you, but I believe that Jesus is saying to you, it's time to come down off of your high horse that you've been riding because he wants to come into your heart today, just like he went to Zacchaeus' house one day. So I believe that God is speaking to you. Maybe you don't know the Lord, and maybe you're like Zacchaeus. You came to church today because you want to see Jesus. That's what Zacchaeus, that's why he got up into the tree. He heard about Jesus. You heard about Jesus, 
but now it's time to receive him into your heart he's been trying to get into your heart today is your day to open your heart salvation has come to your house today Zacchaeus had an encounter with Jesus that changed his life forever and I'm telling you today that your encounter with Jesus today can change your life forever let us all bow our heads one more time father we thank you we honor you we thank you Lord for those who don't know you and they want to know you they came to hear about you they came to see you Jesus and I pray God that the Word of God just displayed you today and nothing else so pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross. I thank you for the blood that was shed for the remission of my sin. I admit that I am a sinner. I believe that Jesus died and he rose again. And I commit my life to you today come into my heart live in me show me your way fill me with your holy spirit and i will tell others about you thank you lord while every head is bowed if you prayed that prayer for the first time i'm gonna ask you to raise your hand if you will raise your hand if you prayed that prayer amen praise god Praise that prayer for the first time. Thank you, Lord. Come on, somebody need to be shouting unto God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. You prayed that prayer. You are now a part of the family of God. You are now a part of the kingdom of God. And we at Citywide Church, we just want to serve you. So I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. I'm going to ask you, if you will, to step out of your seat and let us know who you are so that we can serve you, so that we can uh, disciple you. Jesus said to make disciples. So I'm going to ask you, if you will, hallelujah, just step out of your seat and come on down. We'll be here waiting for you. Uh, but you just made the greatest decision that you could ever make. And I'm just so excited. Come on, God is amazing. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all. Let's just rejoice. Woo! Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Please come. Please come. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise God, my sister.
Come on, everybody. Let's point our hands this way and let's pray. Hallelujah. Point, our, point your hands this way. Thank you, Father. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we honor you. We thank you, Lord, for my sister. Father, we thank you for healing her, for keeping her. Lord God, thank you, Lord, for your healing power. We thank you, Lord, for delivering her from death's door. God, she's here to testify about your goodness and your grace. And we thank you, Father God, for raising her up off of her deathbed. And Father, you allowed her to walk into this place and to receive you and to, to receive you into her heart. And so, God, we rejoice with her today. We give you praise today. We thank you, Lord, for ordering her steps. We thank you, God, for guiding her and keeping her and, Lord, showing us how to minister to her. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. We're going to go home. I just want to say to you, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your family. Until we meet again on Wednesday. Enjoy yourself. God bless you. God bless you.